Welcome back to The Red Carpet, the podcast where we look at how well or how terribly our favorite books have been adapted to the big screen. I'm Mad. And I'm Cass. And we're so excited you've tuned in. Today is a very special episode because today we have our first guest on the pod. What? Whoa! (laughs) Reese. So Reese is my younger brother. Mm -hmm. He's taller than me. Product of nepotism. Product. Yeah, our first first guest. guest. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so we've got a lot of friends who are like, yeah, we totally should have them on. But Reese, you're the first one to be like, I want to be on the podcast. So. Wow. There we go. Yeah. Well, I just to know that you were going to be having a conversation with someone for an extended period of time and I would not be involved. Right. (laughs) I couldn't let that happen. Couldn't let that. Couldn't let that stand. It's it's the younger sibling coming out. Yeah. I I, I feel that way. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, attention. I'm on my way. Give and Harry Harry me. Potter even better. Even better. I know this is very like a family thing. So yeah, it works out well. Okay, so Reese, we have a few questions to ask you. So right off our, the bat. Okay. Right off the we're starting so that our, our listeners okay. can get to know you just a little bit. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. And for Cass to get to know you, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that's true. Yeah. yeah. Cass doesn't really know either. We need to work on our podcasting chemistry. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Okay. So the premise of our podcast, right, is book to movie, book to screen adaptations. Okay. So the first thing we want to know is what's your favorite adaptation, either movie or TV show? I mean, it has to be Lord of the Rings. So, I mean, you probably could have answered that, but I could have. I I was like, (laughs) it's going to be this. Yeah. Do you have a specific one? one? Um, I think Fellowship of the Ring. It's not my favorite book of the three, but it's my favorite movie, mm-hmm. I would say. It's just, well, it's its own microcosm where you don't need the second or the third, even though you have to complete the whole journey. But it has a resolution that I think makes it stand alone as just an enjoyable experience. And Boromir is the best. And <laughs> the cinematography, it has this, uh, it has its vibe to the entire movie that you don't really find in the next two where it's very homey and Mm -hmm. cameras very close. And then at the very end, when there's the first like little battle, they have this camera that starts on the top of a mountain and it starts to go downhill in an aerial view Mm -hmm. and the movie really opens up. Yeah. That's like a, that scene gives me chills. I was just saying, I think I feel like you've got goosebumps (laughs) right now. Yeah. I'm shivering well, right so now. So is it is the standard or the extended? It's absolutely the extended. Yeah. So obviously. Yeah. obviously. 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 <laughs> okay, great. So your favorite adaptation. Now, what's just your favorite or one of your favorite movies? Doesn't have to be an adaptation. Doesn't have to be an adaptation. Um, good, because there's so many of them. Warrior, but it has Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton in it. Mm, that's a really good movie that yeah and i only i probably watched that sam and i watched it maybe six months ago and i I was yeah i was almost crying it was it was a awesome movie so i think the recency bias wins for that so i'd say number one right now is warrior yeah okay what about your favorite book do you have a favorite book hmm 1491 by charles c mann is probably my number one it's Mm -hmm. about the new world before the arrival of Columbus. So it's native American tribes and even prehistoric tribes that we know lit nothing about mm-hmm. based on 
like our standard high school education and stuff like that. And apparently, yeah, it, there's just crazy facts in it. Like earthworms are not native to North America. So when Columbus arrived and brought earthworms, it changed, like dramatically altered our ecosystems, like for the worse. Huh. Yeah, it's it's wow. just, it's, yeah, it's full of facts like that. Yeah, no, that'd so be my Reese, number one. What Go in ahead. your background would make you interested in this type of book? I'm what a you, fan what of- do you do? As an American, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm interested. <laughs> I am a wildlife biologist by trade. Yes. Oh, it makes more yeah. sense now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a fan of history. So it's that book was a microcosm of yeah. two things I love joining together. And I know you didn't ask, but my number two would be Sand County Almanac mm-hmm. by Aldo Leopold. One thing I will say about the books you read, or at least the physical ones I have seen, they're all... I would describe them as tomes. They're huge. Yeah. <laughs> They're Man, large. There is, it's a biography. Well, it's not, yeah, it would be a biography. I'm, I was confusing that and autobiography. It's about Theodore Roosevelt, Roosevelt and just his conservation achievements. And the book is a thousand pages long. Wow. It's, yeah. Huge. It, took, it took me three years huge. to finish that book. And we were, <laughs> we were flying we had gone to Mexico. We were flying from San Diego to like Tulsa or something. And I remember I finally finished the book as the plane landed on the tarmac. <laughs> I had like five pages left. I was like, I cannot. Like, I got to go. I have to finish this now because I'm not going to open this whole thing and go all the way to the end and read the last two For pages. Two so pages. I, started, yeah. I, started, I started blazing through as like all the cabin lights are going on and people are standing up. But. Oh, that's funny. Well, that's great. Well, that's, I feel like we, we know you a little bit better now. Yeah. Cass, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing, I'm still, still on that job search. I haven't heard anything yet. Uh, this is going to be like the saga of our first 10 episodes is finding a full-time job. Um, so that's, that's that. Other than that, I'm good. Just in the, in the midst of wedding planning stuff. So yes. Yeah, it's we're getting down to the home stretch. Just like four months left. That's say, a full time job. No, yeah. not even four months. Like three, two. I don't know. Three. What day is it? Two. It's yeah. in September. What's today's July? Um, okay, yeah. So like two months. <laughs> not four, yeah, two and a half months. months. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you know the date so you show up. Yeah, I do know the date of the wedding. I just don't know how far it is from now. Uh, yeah, okay. That's yeah, fair. okay. <laughs> the podcast exists in its own like time vortex because we record so far in advance of when the episodes even come out. This one, let's see, when is this one going to come out? No idea. This by the time people hear this, it will be like three weeks before my wedding. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Madison so. tried to explain the whole time vortex thing. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll just show up. <laughs> And I was like, I don't yeah. know either. So whatever yeah. um, it is. So so that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. What about you, Madison? I'm I'm good. I'm home. I well, I'm here for a wedding, actually. But Reese is exciting. Yeah. So it's not it's, getting married, but I'll be in it. Not getting married. <laughs> He's in it. So it's fun because we haven't all been together since Christmas. So nice. Nice little time playing yeah. games, watching Eating a lot of food. Reese play games. Yeah. <laughs> great time for everyone. Great time. Great, great, great time is ad. All right. Let's do a little, a little reading catch up. I just finished Daughter of the Moon Goddess. Holy moly. It was so good. So good. 
it was one of those where I was just like, I, I had no idea what was going to happen next. And it's the first of a duology. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going to happen in the next one. Like, wow, it was so good. Highly recommend. That's always so exciting when you like, don't know where it's going to go. No, idea. I bought like, this book the day it came out and it's been on my shelf. I've not touched like it. January. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Got to read it. So I finished that a few days ago and I'm kind of in a little slump afterwards. So I'm trying to get started on A Shadow in the Ember by Jennifer Lynn Armantrout, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. I'm still just thinking yeah. about, about Daughter and the Moon Goddess. So mm-hmm. what are you reading, Cass? I am currently very slowly. I think I'm also in like a teensy bit of a slump after finishing Six of Crows because yeah. it was just Ooh, so, so good. good. So good. And now I'm like trying to get into The Wicked King by Holly Black, second mm-hmm. in the Cruel Prince trilogy. And like, it's good. It's not bad. I just am like, I want to know what's happening to my friends in Ketterdam. That's where I'm at. So I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, but yeah. it's good, but I'm trying. So trying. we'll see. Chugging uh, What about, yeah. What about you, Reese? What are you reading? I just finished Slaughterhouse Five two days ago, oh. which is a very short book, but I enjoyed it. I am not a library goer, user <laughs> or connoisseur, which I should be. So probably when I get back home, I'm going to get a library card. Yes. Yeah. See what's available. I really want to read. uh, What is it called? Uh, It's called Blood and Thunder. It's about Kit Carson, who was like a yeah pioneer. Well, not really a pioneer, but he was like a fur trapper and Mm -hmm. Indian guide and all that sort of stuff. But he has a very interesting life story. So I just want to read something that has more details about it. I first heard about this guy because he. I don't know if you guys know who Kit Carson is. But he died of an aneurysm because he like he had an accident. He like fell off his horse or something. And he was like sitting at the campfire and he knew that he was dying. Okay, now I want to say everything I'm saying may not be factually correct. It's just a liberation (laughs) from a story that I heard. But his last words were like, I wish I had time for one more bowl of chili, something along those lines. And I was like, I need to read about this person. Wow. You have a new that, hero. Yeah, I was like, because that's gonna be, <laughs> that's gonna be very similar to what my last words are. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, so, but I don't. I mean, this totally calls me out. But uh, anytime I hear the name Kit, I just think of the American Girl, Kit Ketridge. Kit Ketridge. <laughs> that's all I think of. That, uh, that's how she died too, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, those yeah. were her last words. Too. Hope yeah. wishing for a bowl of chili. That's wish, all she wanted. Yeah, Time for mm-hmm, one yeah. more bowl of chili. One more bowl of chili. Well, that's interesting. I saw the Slaughterhouse Five downstairs in our kitchen, and I was like, I wonder who's reading that. And this yeah. you. Yeah, so, it was me. There you go. There Already you go. read it. Checked Already it off. Already read it. Yeah, I read my one book for the year. There you go. I'm good to go. <laughs> well, what are what book are we talking about today? What movie are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the one and only. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, first in the Harry Potter series, first book and first movie. And wow, what a what a moment of nostalgia going back and uh, rereading. It's been a couple of years since I did a reread and watching them. I watch the movies anytime I'm flipping through the channels, like at Tim's parents' house, if we're just looking for something to watch, Harry Potter is always on. So the movies are like constantly playing. I watch the movies somewhat often, but... This was really fun to like go back and reread and then rewatch 
back to back. As much as Holes was nostalgic, like this is just top tier of nostalgia. Yeah, definitely. Peak nostalgia. Peak nostalgia. And it also been a long time since I'd read it too. So it was just, it's just all the feels. Um, so Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is our first introduction to a young tyke who lives with his aunt and uncle after his parents' tragic demise, which we don't find out exactly what happens at first. But it's about him discovering that he's a wizard and discovering this new world where he finally feels like he kind of fits in. It's about him learning how to use magic, learning about this whole new world. And in the midst of that, he uncovers a mystery in a plot where an evil wizard is trying to come back, come back to power, to life. And so Harry, as an 11-year-old, obviously is, uh, takes it upon himself to, to prevent this from happening. As he does often, because apparently all the adults in this series are uh, not up to par. (laughs) Up to the kids. It's totally up to them. (laughs) It's totally up to them. So let's talk about our order, how, like when we read, when we watched, what that experience was like. Cass, you have vivid memories of this. So how about you tell us? Apparently so. Yeah. Yeah. In our note sheet, I somehow wrote a full paragraph. I went into full like Hermione Granger mode on this. You I really was like, did. well, once upon a time. <laughs> so I, I very vividly remember my mom reading the first two books to me and my brother. My brother's a year older than me, so we're very close in age. But she read the first two books to us when we were like six or seven. So the first um, like four books were maybe out. First few books were out. And I fell in love with them. I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I love this so much. I wanted to know more. And then apparently I was only nine when Order of the Phoenix came out and my mom got it because she was reading all of them. And so I was like, oh, I want to read these books again. So I read the first two and then I was like, okay, mom, am I ready to read the third book? Because at first, when we had first read them, she was like, we're going to stop here because the third one does go a little darker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I finally read the rest of them as apparently a quite young child and I devoured it waited for the release of Half-Blood Prince and then Deathly Hallows and I read them the day we got them I basically elbowed my brother out of the way and I was like I'm reading these first you do not get to read it first I need to read it first and then the movies I I feel like I probably saw all of them in theaters but I only specifically remember going to Goblet of Fire onward But I know we had like the VHS tapes and the DVDs of the first few. So I know I was watching them and reading the books like all the time as a kid. But I read them all first and then watched the movies. And I just listened to the audiobook for the first time all the way through. Yeah, which was pretty exciting because I'd never listened to it. And I'm obsessed. One of my friends gave me a thumb drive with all the audiobooks as like a going away present from my job, which was very exciting. I was like, I love this. I'm obsessed. So. And it was named? It was named Alohomora. I plugged in the flash drive and there it was. Alohomora. Perfect. perfect. So that's uh, my uh, long tale of how I encountered Harry Potter. I love it. I honestly... Could not tell you how old I was when I read these for the first time, which is like really sad. I'm always kind of jealous of adults who read Harry Potter for the first time Mm. because I'm like, you know, you're going to remember like where you were, how you felt when you learned different things. 
but I definitely read them before seeing the movie. And I know I didn't see the movie in the, the first one in theaters because I remember, Reese, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember being at Kathy and Con Drennan's. I house. do remember. I yes! do remember on the projector. Yes, we watched mm-hmm. it on the projector in the Ooh. living room. And I remember because I was so terrified when at the end we see Voldemort for the first yeah. time. I was yeah. like, hiding behind the couch. I was so scared. <laughs> no. The uh, troll freaked me out too. Yeah. Because that's yeah. probably all I remember is being yeah. scared of the troll. Yeah. And Voldemort at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember how old it was. Um, I do, I do vividly remember getting the sixth and seventh book the day they came out and like reading them. Reese, I think your experience was a little different. Yeah, I, uh, well, I didn't learn to read till I was about 12. Um, (laughs) No, I remember. Similar um, to Harry. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't, yeah, I didn't really read as prolifically as you did. And it wasn't until I'd been exposed to. I must have seen the first two movies. And then after that, I was kind of interested in reading them. But when I was a kid, there was so much stuff I would rather do besides read, even though I did read quite a bit. You did? Um, yeah. So it wasn't until I think Madison had a softball tournament and I read. I I remember the fourth one. I remember that being a slog because of how big the book was. Mm-hmm. But I, I must have read the first three before I read the fourth one. And that's the only time I can remember actually reading the books as a as a youth yeah as a youngin as a youngin (laughs) a little baby yeah it's good okay so looking at ratings on goodreads this one has a 4.48 out of five star rating what what does goodreads categorize their books what do you mean as in is each book in a category what i'm asking is is harry potter considered a kid's book on goodreads i think they have it as children's yeah yeah Yeah. okay i do think it is which i mean it is i would say the first Mm -hmm. one is for sure the first two definitely lean very heavily towards like kids middle grades but yeah it's a 4.48 stars Cass, you and i both gave it five stars we just reread it Mm -hmm. it's so hard to like rate these objectively now because Mine so is much. completely biased. It's I, I know. Nostalgia. I know. I'm like, how is this not a perfect five star book? How some people not? are monsters, or some people read them when they're adults. <laughs> it's true. Vividly remember reading it. As I know. An adult, which is like, how this I'm is a sure. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Which is how I'm sure. Like how we give Percy Jackson like four stars. Yes. Everyone else gives it five stars. So it's true. Okay, yeah. that's exactly it. Because I'm looking at all my friends' ratings right now, and Tim, Tim only read these for the first time like two years ago because I forced <gasps> wow. him to. I was like, "You need to read them." He gave the first one four stars. You were so like, I think "We it will definitely... not get married." Is that a bad review for a book? <laughs> no, I feel it's like not. no. Four okay. stars is good. Yeah, four stars I was is good. Say, I don't know how it'd yeah. be any different, but four out of yeah. five ain't bad. Yeah. So he gave it four. So he had like the the Percy Jackson experience with us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, 4.48 is pretty good for the average. It is high. It is high. That's quite high. Good reads. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the movie. So Rotten Tomatoes gives it 81% for the critics, which is, I feel like that's pretty high for Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. That's crazy, honestly. Yeah. I was pretty surprised when I pulled that up. I was like, yeah. I was expecting it to be like in the 70s from critic score. Yeah. I don't know. I was just expecting that. And then the audience score is 82%. Also pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
IMDb gives it a 7.6 out of 10. That's just the average of all the users on IMDb, right? Like that's all it is, I think. Yeah. I think so. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not qualified to host this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we know nothing. Yeah. Okay, um, what does IMDb, what does IMDb stand for? International, International movie, movie database. database. There we go. You guys can Woo! host. <laughs> we get our bad. Officially now. qualified. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I, I gave, gave the movie. Oh, you go, you go. I gave the movie. I, <laughs> I gave the movie an eight out of ten. As much as I love it and it's nostalgic for me, every time I watch it, I get annoyed by the differences. So. <laughs> yeah, I gave it an eight and a half. I did two separate ratings for my when I had initially watched it as a child and my memories of what I thought the movie was Mm -hmm. so I was like definitely nine out of Mm ten when I was a kid if we were going to watch something Harry Potter would definitely be on the top of the list watching it last night man it was brutal honestly (laughs) oh no (laughs) um yeah so I gave it a six out of ten on the ratings and I looked at it as an adult objectively Mm -hmm. watching a piece of entertainment what I thought the quality was and I said Mm -hmm. six out of ten now it is everything is biased especially a rating and in my young adulthood I found that I do not like child acting Uh, um mm -hmm. it because I I think which we'll talk about later when we talk about casting but a lot of scenarios like this is just poor acting and I'm not saying I could have done better back then (laughs) definitely couldn't do better now pretending to be an 11 year old but yeah, that was kind of that was glaring to me. Also, the animation, all that just oh. made me lower we'll the rating. We'll get 15, into it. Fifteen minute <laughs> Quidditch match is just oh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Well, so just to review, we talk about casting and acting in our breakdown. How mm-hmm. similar it is to the book. Mm-hmm. Negative, positive things. We, we have a new section called questions. We have some questions we want to talk about. I have a lot of questions. Reese has a lot of questions. Because <laughs> I haven't read the book in a while. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Yeah. I have a copy right here. I'm She's ready. Right. Go. Got I got ready. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the setting, the soundtrack, the style, the hashtag vibes, and then also our favorite quotes, our favorite moments from here. So mm-hmm. first, we're going to get into the casting slash acting. There's a ton of them. So we'll go quickly slash in general. Um, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't paying attention for the casting. Is it how well the actor did in their role or your vision of the character and how both. you thought they were reflected? Both. OK, it's both. Yeah. So yeah. casting, right. like how how well was that character cast and then acting like did they mm-hmm. pro- portray okay. that character? Well, yeah. OK, I'm going to start off with a blanket statement and say everyone is perfect. <laughs> I, I mean, I pretty much agree. I look at this and I'm like, <laughs> I could not have cast this better. It's, I think it's so good, especially, although I have to amend that a little bit because I'm looking at it like the whole picture from movie one to movie eight. I'm looking at it as they grow into it. There are mm-hmm. some bad acting moments with these kids. That is absolutely true. But I think that they really embody the characters well. Yeah. And especially I watched the movies before I read the books. So it's impossible to dissociate the author's description of what the characters look like. And if it didn't agree with or if it wasn't directly connected to what the movie was, it's like, ah, I'm ignoring this. You know, Hmm. this looks like whoever was portrayed them in the movie. 
Right. So we've got our main trio of Harry, Ron, and Hermione. We've got Dan Radcliffe for Harry, Rupert Grint for Ron, and then Emma Watson for Hermione. They were so tiny. They They were like little babies. Tiny. I can't believe how tiny they were. Um, Rupert Grint was like my original crush as a child. I just, (laughs) I was like obsessed with him. I was like, I love Ron. I want Ron to be my boyfriend as like old 10 year old. I was obsessed. Absolutely obsessed. Reese, my question is how much of me was not me and was actually Hermione? Me 90%. (laughs) 90%. Yeah. Madison is a method actor. She's been acting. She acted her entire childhood. Yep. So even yeah. every time Hermione will do something and I'll be like, that's Madison's <laughs> impression of trying to trying yes. to be Hermione, which I mean, honestly, what a great role model to have, you know, truly mm-hmm. you wouldn't want Hermione as your sister, um, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's, it's a good for Hermione is a good friend to have. Yeah, sure. Yeah. She'll do um, your home, help you with your homework. Yep. Sure. I watching these movies yesterday. I actually I old man could not finish the movie i had to watch it this morning and rupert grint is the best actor out of the three of them i was amazed by how good he was at acting and i don't know if you guys noticed this but the wizard chess scene when the queen stabs the horse and he falls off right he lands on the ground pretending to be knocked unconscious a rock scratches him on the face and he like pretends he's still acting like he's unconscious and i was like man because you know how bad this cgi has been i was like they really like pulled that off it looks real because like his entire face moves yeah and like his cheek moves up and stuff so i rewound it and watched it again i was like he actually got scratched and i looked it up on on the googles and yeah that rock scratched him across the face and he didn't go oh he just like he kept acting like he was unconscious so shout out to him yeah i i agree with that he's definitely the best of those main oh, yeah. three in in these early movies for sure mm-hmm. and, yeah because yeah. i feel like hermione was definitely like you could tell she was trying or i should say emma emma yeah. was trying emma, real you were, hard you were i was i was hard. trying real hard which it's like, like yeah. very stilted in some spots like yeah. you can tell she's like oh the, yeah the line reading you could really tell but i noticed if there was an adult in the scene, it was 10 times better. But it was mm. just the kids riffing off of each other. That's when it was like, this isn't, you know, stellar acting, mm-hmm. which is cool because yeah. you could tell like having that adult actor in the scene was they were like really help guiding them. Yeah. And like yeah. getting the timing right and all that stuff. Yeah. Especially when you look at the quality of the adult actors, because these are mm-hmm. like the best of the best of like British stage, British mm-hmm. television. Like they're they're all up there. Like half of them have all like won awards or been nominated for awards. Like mm-hmm. this is truly like the best of the best for the adults. Yeah. Which is so funny to me because I I definitely didn't know that as a kid watching these, you know, but then mm-hmm. like I'm assuming British kids watching that would have been like, oh, wow, it's this person. And, you know, so I just think that's very funny. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's talk about the Dursleys. We've got Vernon, Petunia, mom and dad, and then Dudley. How do we, what do we think about their casting acting? I think the casting is uh, pretty good. They kind of look like what I imagined the Dursleys to look like. It's hard though, because having seen the movies so many times, it's like, that's often what I picture the characters as. Yeah. But I think especially Richard Griffiths as Vernon is just like, he gets the energy. (laughs) 
He's so good. I, yeah. I, I have a tangent to go on, on about this. So I'll let you guys say what you want to say, because I'm going <laughs> to capstone this. Okay. I love the progression of Vernon as the letters continue to arrive. You can just tell he's getting like his hair gets wilder. He's just more mm-hmm. and more unhinged. His eyes are like actually bulging from his head. I just, yeah, yeah I thought they were great. I think they're good. I mean, I also, they're they're not shown in the movie nearly as much as they are in any of the books. No. So it's like kind of just these small vignettes of the Dursleys, but I think they're pretty good. Watching it last night, it was my favorite part of the movie. Both wow. the Dur- like the Dursleys acting. And I mean, even the kid, I shouldn't say the kid, whatever his name is, Dudley. Like they were every scene, they were 10 out of 10. And just watching Dursley's eyes in every scene, he w- didn't have to be saying anything. Just the, I watched him the entire time, just the faces he would make where his eyes would get big. And Petunia was, talking about her sister about we have a witch in the family or whatever and they're sta- mr and mrs dursley are standing right next to each other talking to hagrid and petunia is going off on hagrid and if you watch dursley he's like looking at his wife and then he grimaces and looks back at hagrid <laughs> and like because he's trying to match like the same energy that she's bringing mm-hmm. and it's it might be one of the best introductions to a movie that I can remember because it's an entire three acts. You have the introduction, you have the snake, and then you have the final, the rising act where they're in that. I don't know how they got to some <laughs> castle on an island by the sea where they got that access. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. It's a magic world. So we can like make those leaps that that happened. But I think they wrote. It's an, yeah, it's an <laughs> it's, entire. It's yeah. Much more drawn no, out in the book. Yeah, there's no way. Mr. Dursley could row through a storm <laughs> all the way out to that island carrying four people and the food. Where are they getting the food from? Who knows? But yeah, I mean, the Dursleys, if anyone is going to be watching this movie again, just look at their facial expressions because it's so it's phenomenal acting. Yeah. I did. I, I totally agree about Petunia and her mini monologue. As I was reading the book, it was like, I thought it was better in the movie. Like, I don't know, just like mm-hmm. seeing how disgusted she was by, mm-hmm. you know, Lily and James and all of that. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was great. I'm I'm a little taken aback, but it's the best. Do you think that's the best? But I I, I see mean it. I see yeah. it. I do. I see it. It was it was concise. Yeah. Every line was expertly delivered. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any fluff. It was all really entertaining. Yeah, it was my favorite part of the movie, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Which I might interesting not be the biggest. Like the sixth Harry Potter was my favorite. That movie was my favorite, even though everyone talks about how dark it was. I thought it was the most entertaining. Mm-hmm. out of all of them so i might be more of an entertainment fan than i am mm-hmm. harry potter yeah <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay then we've got all the other kids at hogwarts we've got fred and george and percy weasley we've got neville longbottom seamus finnegan dean thomas draco malfoy crab and goyle i don't know their last names and Ginny. those are their oh, last names yeah, i was like wait yeah. it is that is their last names oh i do wait, it's it vincent, second- vincent yeah. and gregory right Yes, Vincent Crabbe and Gregory Look Goyle. Look at that. Gregory Goyle. Pulling. <laughs> Pulling from the, the, the dome, off the dome. Yeah, they're kids. I don't know. They yeah. look great. I, they're hard. really funny. Yeah. It's hard to try and dissociate what happens yeah. to the characters in the beginning. You know, I will and say. Try to not. 
laughing at how high Fred and George's voices were. Yeah, that was pretty great. It was yes. so high. Yeah. Oh, man. Especially and when it, they're talking to Harry about Quidditch when they're yes. like, <laughs> yeah, in the hallway. Century. Yeah, yeah, that part is so funny. Oh, um, very good. Are you guys going to be doing the other movies? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I probably won't guest appear on those. But I thought it was interesting watching this movie. I felt like the way that they had Fred and George portrayed in that movie, it's like they were sharing one character instead of being two separate characters. Because mm-hmm. I was, yeah. one of them dies. Is it Fred or is it George? Fred. Fred. It was Fred. And I was, Spoiler. I was, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> but I was, you can't watch any of their scenes without thinking that one of them dies. And I had this weird, like, side tangent that i was thinking about like it's not really one character dying it's more like half of a character dying because mm. really they're always together they share i mean they're reading the same lines they're splitting up the sentences and stuff like that so like is it less sad if fred died you know instead of either both of them dying would that be akin to another whole character dying or is this just um, conversation that you should have on episode seven part two B? I think it's honestly sadder in the books because like in the books you do get to see their separate characters more whereas in the movies Mm -hmm. but I guess it is more sad in a way because it's like okay well half of this one person that's left is gone so like he's Mm -hmm. lost an entire half of himself essentially Mm -hmm. so I guess you'll have to come back yeah maybe not a fair comparison 7b I know I I I, wow (laughs) I mean that'll be in like two years time so who knows who knows? Hey, we're cranking yeah, out. By the time yeah, we get to it, we yeah. are. Mm-hmm. All, right, all right. That was all I had to say. That was all I had to say. Uh, also, baby Jenny. So cute. Oh, yeah. So cute. Probably her uh, best acting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, she doesn't actually um, get to act in any of the other anything. ones. Uh, her presence. There. Yeah. Best presence, maybe, then, compared to her, <laughs> her leg- the legacy have, like, that she leaves. Uh, I could write like a whole thesis on what they did to her character with these movies. I yeah. it gets me real real mad when I think about it. It's tough. <laughs> All right, we're rounding it out with the adults. One more one more thing. I have to okay. say it's very it's funny that a British uh, a British author had the main bad guy. Well, not the main bad guy, but Draco's named after a gun. That's where she got the name from because Draco is like a 50-year-old gun. Uh, oh. It's like a machine gun. It's a tiny AK-47. It's called a Draco. So watch. Oh, I was like, that's kind of funny that she named one of the, the bad kids after a gun. I don't know if she did that specifically, but I thought it was funny. Well, the name Malfoy literally means bad faith. So <laughs> like yeah, when you look at translations. Yeah. And yeah. it was funny in the movie too, where he's just talking to Harry and the music's all sinister. And then McGonagall comes and like hits him with the, or like shoes him away. Like, and she didn't hear any of the conversation. She was like, this kid is bad. Yeah. You cannot yeah. talk to Harry. Get out of here. My I, I just thought that was funny. Like, <laughs> so we have our adults. We have Hagrid played by Robbie Coltrane, Albus Dumbledore played by Richard Harris, Minerva McGonagall played by Maggie Smith, Professor Snape played by Sir Alan Rickman. Woo! Professor Quirrell, played by Ian Hart, and then Argus Filch, played by David Bradley. I had to include Filch because I'm like, his character in these movies cracks me up so much. It's so much. good. 
It's he's true. so good. It's hilarious. He's really yeah, good. Absolutely. But what does he say? All of these. Wait, sorry. When he's taking them to the forest, he's like, we used to hang them by their toes yes. or something. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. who says that to children? I still have the <laughs> like, this guy is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. psycho. Um, they're mm-hmm. they're they're insanely talented. This is where you really see the expertise of the casting because all of the adults are so well cast in this. Mm-hmm. They're all phenomenal. And for the adults especially, that's like who I picture when I read the books. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I will say I think Alan Rickman is too good. He makes people like Snape too he much makes because pe- he's just yes! so good. Yes. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like. As I was reading, we'll get into this. As I was reading the book, I was like, what is wrong with this person? Like, so so immature and just like, anyways. So yeah, and then watching the movie, I'm like, oh, Alan. Mm -hmm. He makes him too lovable. (laughs) He does, he does. But yeah, they're so good. And just Hagrid. Hagrid is the OG soft boy, just. Yeah tender-hearted i love him mm-hmm. so much robbie coltrane and i can't think about robbie coltrane now and not think about the reunion yes and about him being like i won't be here but hagrid will always be there and then just like <laughs> yeah well that was you Absolutely. the whole time i know it was yeah, me the whole time. <laughs> opening soon opening scene just crying. I heard the music and I started crying. Yeah. I know, I know. It's like it's, it's so not good. it's not difficult these days. Yeah, get people to watch something. Just bring something yeah. back from twenty years ago. It's true. Exactly. Madison crying. It's true. Yeah. I yeah. think one of uh, one of my favorite castings is Richard Harris as Dumbledore because he does Dumbledore so much better than Michael Gambon does, who plays him in three through eight of the movies mm-hmm. is he gets the uh more aloofness of Dumbledore and his playful side better yeah it's more I get more of the twinkle in his mm-hmm. eye from, from yeah. Richard Harris than I do and kind of um, the raspy voice that's just kind of like always sounds like he's just describing a bizarre daydream I, I think he's great he's very good it was good watching these movies as an adult because when you're a kid we just cared we would watch the kids mm-hmm. like in the scene and the adults mm-hmm. were like the dumb authority figures and they don't really pay attention to them or appreciate them. But watching it this last time, it was the best part of the movie, you know, because you're watching yeah. talented actors at work and just yeah. owning every single scene, like Filch just mo- like glaring and using his eyes and stuff like that. It's unparalleled yeah. entertainment. And like even Quirrell is pretending to be like nervous and stuff, but it's all calculated and it's very deliberate. <laughs> like as an actor. Yeah, all of that. Professor Quirrell. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Then there are two other adults to mention. Um, Ollivander, played by John Hurt. He is so good as Ollivander. So good. It's like such a creepy vibe, but it's very spot on for how I always imagined Ollivander to be. And Julie Walters as Mrs. Weasley. I just love her. I love Mrs. Weasley. I love her so much. (laughs) And she's only like, she gets what, 20 seconds? (laughs) I know. She's like barely in this movie. (laughs) But she's the perfect Uh, Mrs. Weasley. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) She is so good. I know. I really love. We just, I watched the wand scene and I'm just like, I want to get chosen. I want to get my wand. Right. (laughs) That's all I can think about. Okay. So 
casting, acting. We said we would go quickly. We did not. But there's so much to talk about. (laughs) There's so much to talk about. Okay. It'll be quicker in all the other ones because we'll already have talked about most of the characters. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So now we're going to talk about how similar the movie was to the book. Overall, what do we think? How similar was it? It's... It's hard to say because it is like there are lines that are straight from the book when you're watching the movie. Like it's pretty accurate in that sense. Mm -hmm. I think of it as not so much different, more of like an abridged version. Like they made a lot of cuts to just like shorten it because obviously you can't show everything in the Mm -hmm. movie. That's kind of how I think of it. I said kind of 85 percent ish accurate or similar. I totally agree. It's we're not getting any big plot changes Mm -hmm. it is just condensing it and making it fit into this time limit so yeah I feel like I feel like 85 is is an accurate representation which it's still a really long movie Mm -hmm. it is it's almost three hours long no. Right? It's like two hours and 45 it's like, minutes. Uh, hold on. I have the IMDb page here. It's like it maybe felt like that last night, but there's no way. <laughs> it is two hours and 32 minutes. 32 oh, minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. 13 two and minutes and a half of credits. Hours. Yeah. Which I don't know <laughs> if that's like age the best or age the worst. Yeah. That That's a long movie. And no. it's hard because the this one and the second one are truly like the most faithful adaptions of the adaptations mm-hmm. of the books. Like they're the most accurate. It gets a lot different after this. But there's when you look at how much is actually different, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. OK, well, let's talk about it. What is different in the movie that we maybe did not like, enjoy slash appreciate? Yeah. Oh, before we get into the specifics, yeah. my this is coming from me specifically. <laughs> my biggest like issue with all the movies is that they rely way too much on the audience having read the books. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. they don't do a lot of the legwork of actually explaining some of the key plot points. And this gets more important in the later ones. Yeah. But I think that they definitely are like, you know, this story, it's about Harry Potter, you know it, we don't have to explain things. So it definitely, I always watch it. And I'm like, it would be so interesting to see someone who's like seen all the movies a bunch of times to then go read all the books. Mm -hmm. And just to see like, what their thoughts would be like as an adult, if they've seen them a bunch of times, because there is a lot of pieces kind of missing that become more important later on Mm -hmm. i think it would be hard to find someone who was introduced to harry potter as an adult who watched the movies a lot because i think without reading the books you mean yeah because it has Mm -hmm. it has a very uh child connection like of Mm -hmm. coming of age Mm -hmm. to it that maybe like maybe young adults for sure would be more like I'm gonna watch these movies all the time. Can we cut that out and post? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get yeah, we'll get rid yeah. of that. Okay. Editing okay. cast, we'll take yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Editing cast on the job. Can you also pitch my voice deeper so no, I sound like I Richard Harris? <laughs> <laughs> Make it higher so you sound like Dobby. Okay. Oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> done. Done. Oh man, no, I totally agree. I mean, and I think, and that, but that's a part that like shouldn't be abridged, right? Like yeah. that's the core to the story that mm-hmm. you know. It's given us a lot of credit, given us why, yeah. you know, yeah. viewers a lot of credit, I think. Did you guys ever watch those new Star Wars one movies? Yes. Um, I've, yeah, I've seen all of them. Like the seventh one 
it just starts over at where the fourth one was where it's like the republic is instantly shattered and like all these planets are destroyed and it has like all of this stuff that happens and they expect you to care about it and then it came like a book came out later and everyone was like oh you just need to read the book and then the movie will make a lot more sense and my thought then was like if the book comes out you like at the same time of the movie or later maybe the movie should be its own microcosm of story as opposed to having to rely on something else and I think where the Harry Potter books are unique is that they still I think they include a lot of the important plot points and like when we talk about the abridged part of like a plot or a storyline they really condense it Mm -hmm. I think in a way where you could watch all the movies and you could still be like you could get the gist of it right Mm -hmm. but then like you were saying you read the books and you're like oh actually they do a b c d e before they get to z yeah yeah but in the in the movie it's like a z yeah. <laughs> and that's it yeah right yeah mm-hmm. so one of the first things i noticed and i wouldn't have realized this without having reread so recently after again such a long time was i think we we don't see the contrast of the dursleys pre harry and post harry Mm-hmm. and like how much we see that they care about like not having magic but how much they care about being normal and you know mm-hmm. uninteresting right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we miss out on how the the celebration on the night of Voldemort's disappearance which I think is kind of where you're saying like without having read the book like you don't get any of that background because right it was a night of tragedy and also such huge celebration and we miss on like you know everyone could tell something has happened and there's wizards around you know mingling with muggles but and we don't get any of that owls Um, everywhere yeah, yeah yeah so it's I think it really takes away from the the gravity of that night and that event which also takes away from like how famous Harry is, you know, because like, right, like, like you don't have the full context of Yeah, it. they're like, oh, every child will know his name. And it's like, well, why would they? Okay, like, why? Yeah. 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 So I thought that was interesting. And we also don't really see like how bad it is living with the Dursleys. Badly, he's like bullied physically by Dudley and like at school. And then so we don't see how his magic has manifested while Mm. living there we see the glass disappearing but we don't see his hair growing back we don't see him appearing on a school roof so it is communicated that it's not a great time he has he does not have a grat tim living with Mm -hmm. them but i but we really don't see like how actually terrible it is for him living there yeah i would have taken a three hour and 30 minute movie if that was the first hour it was more dursley stuff at the it was beginning where dursleys are like yeah. that's the extended yeah. version yeah right yeah <laughs> and yeah. this is where i start to think of how now we're getting more tv adaptions or mm-hmm. adaptations i keep using the wrong word of i might um, i think you could make your own like podcast lingo just say yeah adaptions that's true and then, yeah <laughs> yeah short shorthand now that we're getting more tv adaptations of these of different book series and things Mm -hmm. it would interest me to see what would change in a tv 
show of this because there is a lot more room to go deeper in a lot of things because there's more space for it Mm -hmm. so that's that's something that I think about often when I think about these movies because there is so much information in all of these books Mm -hmm. that of course it's impossible to get every detail but right I wonder what that would be like season one with the Dursleys season two spinoff Dudley in school talking about Harry Potter and then Harry Potter with a smelting stick. Yeah. Yes. I want to, I want to go back to what you were saying, Madison, about the Voldemort or he who must not be named the celebration and all of that. And not knowing that Harry Potter is famous. I thought it was smart to have you as the viewer, you were kind of with Harry Mm. when a movie starts. So when he walks into the leaky cauldron, everyone's like, that's Harry Potter. And he's like, what? And as the audience, <laughs> you're like, what? I mean, yeah. he has a movie about him, but, you know, we don't know why. Yeah. You know, if you haven't yeah. read the books or something. So I thought, it, I think it was the only way you could have done it as far as like as making a movie. That's the way you got to do it. You have to bring the audience is the main character. They know as much as the main character knows. And then mm-hmm. the world like yeah. explodes at this one point. Because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I do love the Dursley stuff, but it's a lot of introduction. Yeah. So I think if you have even yeah. before drop Harry the baby off, and then you have all like that wizard world context stuff, I think you'd kind of lose the magic of the lights, like him pulling the lights from the light posts and the flying motorcycle, and then mm-hmm. getting exposed to the magic wonder of that. that. Yeah. Because yeah. if you just if you get 10 out of 10 cool magic stuff for the first 20 minutes, you're going to go another 30 minutes of minimal magic. And you're like, well, let's yeah, go back to that point. stuff at the beginning. That's true. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it as, you know, you are Harry, you experience it as like Harry is experiencing it. And then I have a couple like nitpicky changes. I get real <laughs> nitpicky about these. But I've got a couple the- questions. <laughs> The one that annoys me the not the most, that's a little extreme, but I hate <laughs> they changed the fact that the snake in the book, the snake is from Brazil. In the movie, they're like, no, the snake is from Burma, um, from Southeast Asia. And I hate this because then we the snake just says like thanks when it leaves. But in the book, the thanks amigo is one of the funniest things to me, just that a snake would say this to someone. And I hate that we don't get that little moment because I I love it. I think it's so funny. I have a question. Yes. Does the snake read English? Because the snake points to the sign where it says raised in captivity or born in captivity whichever one as to say read the sign that is in english <laughs> i understand and can contemplate the word captivity which we can mm. talk it's magic right <laughs> so is the sign in parcel tongue mm. or is the sign mm-hmm. in english and did the the did the burmese python learn to read english I think he just knows that the sign is there having been in this zoo. So he's seen people he look at it and then look at him and be like, oh, I, maybe he just has an intense understanding of how zoos work. I don't know. Okay. That is a great question because it doesn't really make sense. How? Yeah. Like, how would he even know? Also, thing- why would he speak Spanish and not Portuguese? Yeah. And why would a Burmese python be in Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> also true. These are all great questions. Um, My snake theory 
is that another wizard that could speak parcel tongue went to the zoo and was like, you were raised in captivity. And then the snake, then the snake goes, what does that mean? (laughs) And that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's canon now. Yep. For sure. Makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was Tom Riddle. Um. (laughs) Oh, was that Nagini? I don't think it's Nagini because this is specifically said to be a, a he. I have so. definitely seen theories that it is, though. I've seen that, that too. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Because what would if be really interesting? Just, what if the glass disappears and then he just eats or she just eats Harry yeah. in the movie? <laughs> and then but it's, it's over. over. Yeah. The end. The end. Yeah. <laughs> Another very small moment that I hate is that they make Hagrid just like an absurdly poor speller. Like he does say, like, I don't know how to spell Voldemort, which makes sense. But then when he gives Harry his birthday cake and it's spelled happy birthday spelled wrong. I'm like, he knows how to spell happy (laughs) birthday. He's not a complete idiot. He can spell those two words. What if Harry can't? read he writes at a level. in the sand <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah that's true i guess yeah does. you got you got me you got me that i mean yeah. the dude lives under stairs in a closet so who knows true. how smart true. he would be it's yeah. true are there books in his closet i know he has those little soldier toys are there books and in spiders the... yeah <laughs> oh man i love in the book that the first thing we know about hagrid is Dumbledore saying he would trust him with his life like before Mm. we get any description about who Hagrid is it's Dumbledore being like I trust him with my life I just love that part about about Hagrid I was really sad that we didn't get the information about Harry's parents at Ollivander's which we get through his being like, oh, your mom's wand was this and this and was great mm-hmm. for charms. And your dad's wand was this and this and was great for this. And I just thought that was like listening to the book. I was like, oh, that's a really nice way to learn about his parents separate from the tragedy of their death and like their lives. And so I was I was sad we didn't. And because then we also yeah. missed about how are wands made? Like what are what's mm-hmm. in a wand? What are the different options? Yeah, especially because Harry truly knows absolutely nothing knows about nothing. his parents. And one of the saddest parts as an adult, like having read this book and seen this movie so many times, the saddest thing to me, and it really comes through in the book, is when Harry looks in the mirror of Erised oh. and he <laughs> does not know who his parents are when he sees yes. them because he's never seen a picture of them. And so like getting these little snippets of information about his parents is how he gets to know them is hearing from people like Ollivander. And honestly, that would have added like what, two minutes to the movie. They could have kept that in. They could have done that because I think you're absolutely right. It is kind of an important context that to see Harry learning about his parents who are strangers to him from Mm -hmm. these people who are knew his parents so much better than he did, even if it was just the wand seller. Right. Yeah. The timeline gets a little wonky. This part was confusing. (laughs) With the journey from the Castle Island to Diagon Alley to King's Cross. Because we miss a whole month. We miss a whole month. (laughs) Maybe they were making a podcast. Maybe that's what it is. It might have been. It was the podcast time. (laughs) Time vortex. Yes. Because yeah, he goes straight to school. I don't know. On July 31st. On July 31st. I don't know. Like what? 
It's weird because it it's the, very in the book. It's so specific. It's like September first, yeah, eleven a.m. He was there yeah. for the new student orientation, is what it was. <laughs> he got early. They really access. should have like a a Muggle born or raised by Muggles like special, yeah, like early <laughs> attending thing. Because can you imagine just like being expected to just roll up to Hogwarts and just follow along? Right. Yikes. Being like, yeah, this is normal. This is this mm-hmm. is what happens. No, they they remove peeves from the movie. Also, honestly, my biggest I'm most upset about this. It would be your biggest peeve. My pet. There peeve. you go. <laughs> ding ding ding. Absolutely, peeves is. I don't want to say he, that he's an integral part of the plot, but he's he does integral. have some moments throughout the book that are kind of important throughout all the books that are kind of important like he does play a pretty big role and they had someone cast rick mail i don't know who this person is but he was cast filmed the scenes and then they all got cut they're not in deleted scenes from like any of the special features on the movies or anything apparently because he was making the kids laugh too much was part of it and they couldn't get any like footage of the kids actually reacting to peeves because the voice he was using was too much so they filmed it he there's footage out there somewhere they just were like no we're not gonna do this Hmm. i hate that i don't like that either. i love peeves peeves is so entertaining well and because he was in like all the situations like the key plot mm-hmm. moments. Right. Um, another thing that I really hate that was cut was the sorting hat song because we get the context on what are all the houses, what do they value, who goes into those houses, and also it's just fun. It's a song. Yeah, um, especially in the later ones too. Yeah. Would you just have a longer runtime in the movie, or is there something that you're like, I want this out of the movie and I'm replacing it with a sorting hat song? How about shorter Quidditch match? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such a yeah. That's such a dumb question. <laughs> There's like 25 minutes of material that you could add for free and just get rid of the Quidditch. Right. So get rid of uh, Quidditch. Add a couple PVC. Because add like, the Sorting Hat song. This, all of it. This is the per- this is the perfect movie. This perfect is the perfect movie. movie for like what do we get rid of to add? There's so much that you could There's add. So Man. much. Yeah. There's like a TV episode of content that you could cut. Because it's from not that movie even. It's not even like they're explaining the rules of Quidditch to us while we watch Quidditch. There are mm-hmm. no fouls called. Is it just showing us that Slytherin is evil? Like, is that the point <laughs> of that? Like, what is the point of that? The only point is really them thinking that Snape is trying to kill him, which they could do in a lot shorter scene. Right. Mm-hmm. Part of me wonders if it was novel uh, movie yeah, like techniques the that they were. Yeah, because it was this is what, 97, right? So maybe the, uh, the movie the, the movie came out in 2001. 2000. OK, well, it may be a little different because I'm wondering if it's more of a cult movie cultural context where it's like, look at this. We have kids flying on broomsticks. Yeah. Let's watch this for 20 look minutes. Look at this and terrible wa- anime CGI animation. Because <laughs> so I wonder bad. if people are like, I wonder if people are like, this is awesome. Because that yeah. um, that Star Wars movie had like a 30 minute pod racing scene to it. It's the exact same That's thing. That's true. It's mm-hmm. just like really long not necessary now this is hot racing exactly (laughs) it's like i'm wondering if it's just something that didn't age well yeah yeah we also lose again nitpicky tiny thing we lose a part of dumbledore's personality when he opens the feast by saying a few words for you nitwit blubber oddment tweak we don't get that in the movie no 
completely unimportant, but there's that might be the worst, what? the worst part. That took you five seconds to <laughs> say, like, come on. Yeah. I, I actually walked on the theater when you, did. you didn't say that. Yeah. yeah. I was aghast. <laughs> yeah. We, along the same lines of Quidditch, Hermione just knows about his dad and his Quidditch award. Even just, McGonagall has an award there. From the same team, allegedly, the even though team. she literally taught Harry's dad. Um, she was also his teacher. Also, a, he James Potter was a chaser, not a seeker, canonically, <gasps> apparently. I wow. know. How dare Scandal. They? How dare Scandal. They? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he might have been a, a dual athlete playing multiple positions. Mm-hmm. He yeah. he was the team. He was yeah, the that's team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a part that I hate that they like shortened, they have Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback. He's in the movie briefly, but we don't ever find out what happens to him in the movie. Mm-hmm. Or I guess they do say that he's sent to Romania, but yeah. I so wish that they had kept in the fact that these three like 11, 12 year olds planned an illegal dragon smuggling heist. It's one of my favorite parts of the book. How and how Charlie just goes along with it, like full yeah, he's adult like, cool. Charlie Weasley is like, yeah, this is a great idea. I'll do it, sure. And like that's how, like in the book, Neville gets in trouble for that. It's right. not the trio. It's um, Harry, Hermione, Neville, and Malfoy. Right, because so- Ron's in a different detention that night. <laughs> I thought he got hurt. Well, he got bit by Norbert, but he also had to do that detention for something else. Mm. He did something. He didn't, couldn't do it because he got a detention. So it's Harry and Hermione. And then yeah. Neville tries to like find them, them to be like, Malfoy's after you. Yeah. yeah. So much of Neville is cut out of this. Yeah. Oh, we don't, there's so we many don't good see Neville him moments. Like trying to stand up for himself, like gradually doing that. I'm I think worth it's- 12 of you, Malfoy. <laughs> I think he has as much screen time as he should have had. <laughs> I feel like he would have overstayed his welcome and Neville's novelty kind of would have ran out. Because mm-hmm. the yeah. whole point is his progression from the not chosen one to being someone in his own right. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to degrade. You don't want to like wear the audience down right at the start. It's got to be a slow burn. Got it. Got to give him something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't want to be like, Neville. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be like, I freaking hate this guy. He's like, right. in this why movie does he just so keep much? talking? Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about the devil's snare in the, in the movie. Okay. First of all, in the movie, I got big star Wars trash shoot vibes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> from, from the devil's snare scene. Which one came first? Probably star Wars. Star Wars for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah Cause yeah. it was in the original. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars. For, I was like, is this a true question? My 30 years. Yeah. Um, but in the book, they don't relax. Like, they have to use a spell. And they're like, oh, like, it, it's afraid of fire. And Harry says, so light a fire. And Hermione says, yes, of course. But there's no wood. To which Ron bellows, have you gone mad? Are you a witch or not? And she's <laughs> like, like, oh. <laughs> oh, right. I have a wand, which I just think is hilarious. Have you it- gone mad? Like right before that too, when Neville's like, I'll fight you. And he puts his fist up. It's like, you have a wand, dude. Like you have a gun. It's like you have a gun in your pocket and you're like, let's fist fight. fight. Let's yeah. Fist With fight. It's, it's honestly like, it's pretty gangster. Like, let's do this the old fashioned way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't need this wand. Yeah. That devil stare moment 
I wish that they had kept it more similarly, similarly to the book because a big part of Hermione's character is she often knows like what they should do, but she has like some of the worst anxiety of any fictional yes. character, like um, especially when it comes to like the academic side, but she has a very hard time, especially in the earlier books, controlling like her nervousness when anything like dire is happening. Like yeah. she always she's is like anxious. She's super on insecure. the verge. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's very confident in the right. movie. <laughs> yeah. did uh did we think the trials were a little easy yes that yeah. three kids could go through it yes well here's the thing because Dumbledore I I don't know if I've ever told you this Madison I hate Dumbledore I hate Dumbledore so much um he's like one of my least favorite I mean he's a well-written character but he purposely did this to test hair he's like i need to figure out what this kid can do because dumbledore already knows the end game he already knows what's going to happen so he specifically set it up to be like okay if they can make it through this i know that i will be able to groom him into the child soldier that i need gross so he you're insinuating that he made it so easy anyone could go through it because he wanted to see if harry could get to the end but he allowed to have the risk of I don't know, Voldemort getting to the end? Is that what you're saying is going on? Yeah, because Dumbledore gets back in time to stop him anyway. And Harry, he was like, I bet Harry can stop him because I know this love magic of how Lily like protected him that mm. like they're not going to be able to touch him anyway. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I'm just very anti-Dumbledore, so I'll take any, any if I can get an inch of way to bring down Dumbledore, I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, I in the book, Dumbledore's like, yeah, I showed up just in time. Or you would have died. And I was Mm. like, what? Like, I've just watched the movie so many times. And that part was so easy. He was just like, oh, my hands. Yeah. But like, there was way more risk in the book. So it is just like, you knew he could die. An 11 year old. We can continue. Like with the chess thing. Why was Ron on the horse? Why were they? Why are there not enough chess pieces? to play a full game of chess it's stuff like that but then i can get you can get into the part where it's supposed to be a story so it's like if all three of them got to the end it'd be a worse movie right so you kind of just have to suspend your reality of like well why didn't they just do this like why didn't they just fly the eagles to mount doom and drop the ring (laughs) it's like why didn't Dumbledore just tell him what's going on? It's like, well, that's because it would be a bad movie. No yeah. one would watch it. So that's yeah. why it is this way. And that's a similar thing. Like Tim always gets mad sometimes, always gets mad sometimes. He gets mad a lot of the time at like Star Wars because he's like, the explanation is always just like, well, it was because of the force. And I think that there is like kind of an easy way out with Harry Potter to say like, oh, it's it's magic. That's the explanation. But I think at some points you just have to accept that's what the story is. Like yeah. sometimes the answer is just that magic made it happen or like there just has to be a simple explanation to it in the moment. That's just how it, that's storytelling. It can't just be everything that we would expect. Well, so we've got a lot of, oh, the other thing, we don't see Hermione get to use her logic. Yes. With the potion. I distinctly remember this in the book, how good I thought that trial was and giving her the chance to shine. But then it was one of those things when you're watching the movie, I don't know how rewatchable it would be yeah. to, I know the answer to the riddle, 
And every time I watch this, it's going to be like a 10 minute scene where I know what she mm. needs to do. And you're like, come on, right. it's the blue one or whatever. I don't remember. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's hard because her like strength is something that is boring in a way to represent mm-hmm. in a visual media. Like mm-hmm. it's cool to read it in the book and to see how she processes these things and how her thinking is her absolute highest strength. Mm-hmm. But then how do you show that? It's something that's really hard yeah. to showcase in a movie. But I thought they kind of had her why she wasn't confused by the devil's snare. She knew exactly what yeah. to do immediately. If they're yeah. like, this is her trial. Making up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the smart one. They're the dumb ones. Yeah. That's hers. And then right. Harry, Ron, and then the end. Good thing Hermione pays attention in herbology. 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 Yes. All right. So we have uh, a lot of these changes. For the most part, we understand why they were, why things were done the way that they were done. That does not mean we have to be happy about Doesn't it. Doesn't mean we have to be happy about it. I uh, like we, movies where I am mad the whole time. <laughs> Furious. I wish this was like the book. I'm not going to read the book instead. I'm just going to be angry about the movie. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we've already talked about this, but the the animation was just not good cgx yeah not great yeah bad mm-hmm. when when neville fell down from the <laughs> oh yeah the, the spire so i was like awful. they could have not made that any less human like yeah. that was bad. yeah and the <sighs> the goalie the slithering goalie the oh, tiger yeah. woods fist <laughs> thing that she does that cracks me up every yes. time yes we t- we have one positive thing one positive thing changed is that <laughs> we only had to see one long Quidditch match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was enough. <laughs> that was enough. It was more than enough. Reese, I think you have a few more questions you want. I do. To um, and then I have some things that doesn't have to do with any changes from the book, but things that we need to talk about. Okay. But we can okay. start with questions. They imply that the ratio of owl to letter is one to one. Clearly at the beginning where one owl shows up, there's one letter. Next day, there's two letters, there's two owls, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. When we get to the fireplace scene, could we imagine that there's probably 10,000 letters going through <laughs> the fireplace? <laughs> you have to imagine, why don't they show us outside that there's 300,000 owls? 300,000. <laughs> because you have to think, how many owls does Hogwarts have that right. they can send At that many disposal. owls? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or did they use magic to just shoot them through mm. the fireplace? To which I would ask, why wouldn't you just use magic in the first place instead right. of making an owl fly? Maybe they just sent the strongest owls. Yeah, at the beginning. Oh, yeah. yeah. To carry multiple letters. So mm. it is an owl carrying multiple, like a big bundle of letters. At the end, we're like, we're sending in the magic owls. Or maybe it's a group of owls with like a net full of letters. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, why did, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Why does no mm-hmm. one call the cops if they saw <laughs> that many owls or they, owls they, carrying they, a net full of letters? Because you'd have to imagine if they did the net and they weren't bound together, some of them would start flying right. off mm-hmm. and some dude would be like, who's Harry Potter? When you open it. <laughs> yeah. So, who's that, that tosser, Harry Potter? Who's that tosser, Harry Potter? Tosser. So, yeah, I just wanted to note that. Um, also, when they're on the train, Hermione tells them to get into their school uniforms. Mm-hmm. It is just Harry and Ron. And when they exit the train, they're in their uniforms and their ties are perfectly tied on. <laughs> so my question is, did they tie each other's tie on? Do they know a magic spell to tie the tie on? 
or did someone come help them or are they wearing clip-ons? I would be willing to bet that Ron knows how to tie a tie just from having so many older siblings who have already gone Mm, through Hogwarts. So Ron won strength that they didn't. I can, <laughs> I can imagine Percy just like sitting him down and being like, this is how you properly tie your tie and doing right. like a 10 hour lecture on how to properly tie a tie to Ron before they go to Hogwarts. I mean, like, you're not going <laughs> to embarrass me. See, that's something I want to see in the recut. Yeah. Extended. I want an entire TV episode of Percy teaching Ron how to tie a tie. That's the yes. stuff that we need. Yeah, it would be great. <laughs> I'll I'll end this and I'll end our suffering in a second. The broom scene. I have multiple issues with this. Things that we need to talk about. The first mm-hmm. is so they all levitate, pick up the brooms, and the whole Neville saga happens. Right. Mm-hmm. You can see in the scene there are some children holding the broom with the fuzzy on the top. Yes. And then some that are holding it fuzzy on the bottom. <laughs> and it brings to mind what what's the teacher's name? Madam Hooch. Madam Hooch. She has to be terrible. She's terrible at her job. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because that's like, okay, so she's teaching 11-year-olds how to drive a flying car. (laughs) You would think one of the first things that you would do after- I think it's a motorized scooter. Yeah. Okay. But it's like, hey, don't have your vehicle upside down. Yeah. That's like starting the car and putting it in drive instead of reverse. So I had Mm -hmm. an issue with that. The other thing was they're 11 years old. (laughs) Neville we witness the dangers of flying a broom he's lucky he didn't get stabbed in the throat so Neville is lucky he's alive and (laughs) Madam Hooch grabs him and just dips yes leaves all these kids like here's the keys to the car I'll be back I also love that I'm like she couldn't have done anything to prevent right what happened and she points her wand at him (laughs) and then dives out of the way yeah what was she gonna do don't know i don't know yeah that was impedimenta that's a spell that stops things in motion like she could have done a lot more immobilis yeah Yeah. to do better at her avada kedava any any of that We were watching the movie last night, and when Hermione goes to fix harry's glasses Reese goes avada kedavra (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) a bridge scene and then yeah. uh so the whole it happens again uh draco and harry all of that and the mcgonagall sees this goes outside grabs harry and just leaves again yeah leaves right the like, like these kids are flying unsupervised all i care about is getting harry potter on gryffindor's quiz yeah. team and then her, just dips she needs to yep. sort so. out her priorities yeah so absolutely that, that was glaring to me and that's <sighs> Oh, that's all I have to say. I also <laughs> have I also have a few questions. Okay. One one question, and Cass, you said you know the answer. I do. Is Malfoy's hair bleached? Because it is yellow. It is yeah. like a <laughs> gross yellow color. It is bleached. So they did bleach it for all of the movies. Hmm. And I know this because there is a specific interview with him at one point with Tom Felton and he talks about how he was bullied at school because he had to go back to his regular school with like this bleached hair and all the kids bullied him like the kid is wow. acting in Harry Potter and they're and like getting... no, your hair looks dumb <laughs> I mean but it doesn't look as bad when he's older right they definitely figured it out these well, first they stopped, two ugh. they stopped greasing his hair back which I think added yeah. that yellow shine yes, to it yes I agree right it's really bad mm-hmm. 
I know. I was like watching it and I was like, that's not, that's yellow. He has yeah, yellow hair. It is. <laughs> okay. My second question is, what do we think Snape was mouthing as he was saying counter curses? Um, oh. Let's see. I'm, I was trying to think of like a song that was out at that time <laughs> that would have been popular <laughs> that he could have just been like lip syncing. Boots and cats, boots and cats. <laughs> cats. He was, yeah. I was, I was watching him doing that and I was like, I wonder what he's saying actually. <laughs> Right, because I've never been able to pick up on like discernible words from that. Uh-uh. I've never really tried that hard, but I've uh-uh. never been like, "Oh, that's what he's saying." Right. What do we think about the setting? Uh, of the I, I, uh, I have another question. Oh, okay. Um, yes, go ahead. He straight up murders him at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah, like Quirrell gets murdered, and murdered. then like that's completely up... glossed over. <laughs> yeah, and like dead. I don't know if you guys have killed stuff before but you think about it for a while after you yeah. do that and he's just like 11 years old he's like yeah whatever i i burn yeah. this dude's face off there's not a single scene there's no psychological ramifications mm-hmm. later on and for me i was like come on now and dumbledore's Even- like oh i'm eating a booger like jelly bean or anything he's not like harry are you okay you just straight up murdered your professor right. yeah yeah even I thought in that the was book wild. there's not really any like closure no. on that there's really not it's just like yeah it's- you killed professor coral yeah yeah that that for me that was like this is a this is a child a children's movie which yeah. isn't yes. a bad thing but it's like right it was kind of crazy that we have all these super high stakes and it's very it's a dark story and mm-hmm. there's like real ramifications for everything but he can just straight up kill this dude and he's like yeah my man <laughs> let's go eat yeah let's yeah. go eat i, I want to go know. to the feast yeah which part of me wonders if like there's the whole all the adults don't know what's going on we tell mcgonagall hey voldemort's getting the sorcerer's stone she's like whatever all the teachers are seen as inept and authority figures especially throughout the whole series which it's kind of part of like the whole kid it's being like a kid's book where it's Mm anti-authority but part of me is like what if this is all told from harry potter's perspective so it's is his perception of all of his his teachers as they're like inept and they don't know what they're doing and snape is super mean and quarrels like stammering that whole thing so Mm -hmm. just food for thought just food for thought yeah Mm. interesting Moving on to setting. Yeah, sorry, I'm done. No, I'm you're done good. Now. You're good. No, it's 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 great. I love it all. It when looks they, like what I imagined it to yeah. look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they see the castle for the first time, I get emotional. It's so cute. Them in the little boats just peeking out. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me want to go to Harry Potter World. I just want to go and like see all of it. Isn't that in Florida? It is. <sighs> yeah. Go in the winter. I know. That's rough. I know. Yeah. Real hot. It was, it's the same, like you're seeing everything through Harry's eyes. Yeah. For the it's first magical. time. So you start yeah. on the boat and then yeah. Hogwarts. Yeah. So you're kind of seeing it how you would see it. And mm-hmm. then going into the hall, going up the stairs, opening yeah. it up for the first time. Yeah. Great. I love the story from the reunion about all the burning candles in the great <laughs> hall. So they, they were actual candles suspended by like fishing line, clear fishing yep. line, and they were mm. lit. And so mm-hmm. the candles would burn through the fishing yeah, line and then drop just to fall. the floor. Yeah. Mm. It's like, that's so actually dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But I do love 
I am always like a big fan of when movies do more practical effects as opposed to like CGI type stuff. Like it always just looks so much better when they're able to do like quality practical effects. So and the set design on Diagon Alley Mm -hmm. is crazy good. Mm -hmm. It's I mean it's it's real. It feels totally real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about the soundtrack except it's iconic. John Williams did that for us. He did, he did that. that for us. And he, he only mixed us. it up with Star Wars one time. Yeah, it was because I watched the second half this morning, the chess scene when it's like the final he's about to get stabbed, checkmate, all of that. They're just pounded the drums and the percussion, their percussion is just going yeah. crazy. I was like, man, this is really good. It's High really quality. Good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Like I hear some of the songs and then I can just like visualize what was happening. Oh, I know what scene time. it is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's so it's, good. It's what I listen to when I'm like studying or writing yeah. or anything like that as I listen mm-hmm. to these, mm-hmm. especially if I'm reading and I'm like, wow, I don't want to be reading this right now. Like for school, I'll yeah. put on the soundtrack and be like, I'm reading for charms class right now. <laughs> like, I love gotta, it. Gotta get through it. All right, we're going to let's zip through these quotes because we've definitely gone. There's so much. There's <laughs> yes, so much. This is to a long say. one. There's so much to say. You need to talk about these, these TikTok okay. clips. So, though. like last year on TikTok, all kinds of behind the scenes clips were going around of like young Daniel Radcliffe and Rupert Grint and Emma Watson, mostly Daniel Radcliffe just being like an absolute menace on set. <laughs> he has these giant sunglasses They're on. So it's bad. So funny. It's so funny. And it's when they were filming the like flying scene is most of them. But there's one where he's it's on the train with all the candy. And he, someone tells him that he's crazy. And he goes, what do you mean I'm crazy? I'm an angel. And it's just like this little Daniel Radcliffe. And it's so funny. But the one that truly gets me every time, it's a clip of Rupert Grint has a camera. He's holding like a camcorder. And he asks Daniel Radcliffe, he says, what would you like to do if you had a magic power? And Daniel Radcliffe with his giant sunglasses, just stone cold goes, kill you. (laughs) so funny and then Rupert continues like with the camera and Daniel goes grass is more important than camera go away and that's it it's so Wild. funny and Tim and I quote these at each other all the time it's that's great like, they live in my mind rent free absolutely so I, I saw those quotes in the document and I was like did we watch a different movie I was like, I don't think we watched the same movie. Oh, I went rogue a little bit. <laughs> you went rogue. All right, let's just go back and forth. You read off your quotes that you like, and then I'll read off mine. Okay, classic. How many are there? 36, counted them myself. Good one. 36. I love dry up, Dursley, you great prune. <laughs> classic. Oh, but this Seamus one, I'm like, this is just Seamus in a nutshell. Dad's a muggle, mom's a witch. Bit of a nasty shock for him when he found out. And then later on, he's literally saying a spell, turn this water into rum. And I think it's Harry goes, what's Seamus trying to do to that glass of water? It's like, dude, literally Seamus, his accent is what makes him so terrible at magic, which I think is so funny. I'm like, is this commentary? Is this what are we trying I, it to might say be. here? <laughs> and then a classic Hermione line from the flying lesson. What, what? an idiot. idiot. 
<laughs> and that one. idiot. Oh, so good. When they're at the holidays playing chess, she comes up to see a piece get destroyed. That's totally barbaric. That's wizard's Wizards. chess. So good. There's um, a shop, Lumos and Lester, and they have a, it's a shirt with Ron on the knight's chess piece. And it says, that's totally barbaric. It's very <laughs> I love cute. It. It's very cute. The happy Christmas, oh, Harry. Happy, happy Christmas, Christmas, Ron. So <laughs> They're good. so cute, but it's so awkward because they're on like opposite ends of the staircase. <laughs> it's like, what are they doing? I know. Um, and then the classic filch in the library in the restricted sh- section. Show yourself. Show yourself. <laughs> so good. And then what else? I have one in- quote. Yes, yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, no, we'll go in order. Uh, the basically the entirety of that chess scene. Once <laughs> I make my move, the queen will take me. Then you're free to check the king. <laughs> not Wait. me. Not her. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> That's my quote. Sorry, go. I put that down. I mean, before I say it, this yes. is probably the most iconic part of this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say this, and someone would know what it's from. Not yeah. me. Not a mining. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yes. You. Yay. Yay. And then right into the, you want to stop Snake from getting that stone or not? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Dumbledore uh, at the end. What happened between you and Professor Coral, the dungeons, is a secret. So naturally, the whole, the school, whole school knows. knows. So <laughs> like, good. Classic. So good. This part isn't really a quote. It was just the cutest moment between Ron and Harry when Dumbledore is giving the like last minute points. And he's like, for the finest game of Wizard's Chest, 50 points to Ronald Weasley. And Ron looks at Harry and goes, he mouths, me? And Harry <laughs> nods and goes, you <laughs> it was so cute so cute so cute i mean and there's the there's the you know she needs to sort out her priorities yeah there's so many so many i'm problems. going to bed before you two come up with another clever idea to get us killed or, or worse expelled, expelled. <laughs> classic classic uh, all right well we recommend you read the books and then watch the movies yes because it's just classic. It's classic. Do we have any it's the way to do the way to do? Do we have any final thoughts on this first Harry Harry Potter? You're a wizard, Harry. Oh, that's another one. <laughs> um, my final thought is that probably the rest of the Harry Potter ones will be shorter. Who knows? Yes. Though they might also just be super. <laughs> they might long take three hours. <laughs> Nothing better than a two and a half hour podcast about a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> It's true. Oh, no. What do they expect? We're the worst. <laughs> you could uh, you could do part one and part two. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe is 11 years old and he already has a mustache. Amazing. <laughs> it's wonderful. Ahead of his time. Like opening scene, I was like, he's got a mustache. Like as soon as it shows him. So shout out to him. Shout out to him. That's my um, closing thought. Those are your closing thoughts. Cast closing thoughts. I love it still, even as like kind of bad as it is. It's just the nostalgia really kicks it in. <laughs> it is. And that's what, so we, we asked a few, we asked you guys, our, our lovely listeners, what you thought of this. Mm-hmm. Angie at about Angie's book said, it's good. Such cute little babies. 
It is. Yep. Brit at Brit Redeem Book said the absolute top tier of nostalgia. Taryn and Chelsea at Checked Out and Overdue said love, love, love. Let's see, Musings Manifest said classic. Feels like fall and Christmas time, but I actually like when they're older, which, yeah, it's better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaylin at Books of Ink and Stardust said peak nostalgia and pure magic. Carson at Wanderreads said, I usually skip it. Which <laughs> <laughs> I love. <laughs> I think it's amazing. <laughs> And then Callie is reading said classic, endless, timeless. So mm-hmm. it's the nostalgia for sure. Yeah, that really. That was the common thread through it's all. It's the of common those. thread. It's the yeah. common mm-hmm. thread. Definitely. Well, Reese, thanks for thanks for being our first guest. Yeah. Thanks Thank you so much. Me. Yeah. It was great. I, I actually I, really love that your perspective was like so different from ours. Mm-hmm. In a good Not a being a way. nerd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I asked Reese, I said, what do you want to promote? And he was, because Reese, he doesn't have a bookstagram. I do not. He doesn't no, have one. If I did, I would post like once a year. Yeah, your one book. <laughs> Blurry photo. I just asked him. Thread, blah, blah, blah. Blurred photo. <laughs> I asked him what he wanted to promote. And he said, well, my birthday is coming up. So if you want to Venmo yeah. him. August 5th. August 5th. Shoot well, me a message. I'll send you his Venmo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there we go. There we go. But next week, we'll be talking about my top now Emily Henry book. Yes. Uh, book Lovers just came out this May. It's our second fan cast episode. What? Yes. Mm-hmm. Second one. Wow. So we need the rom-com. We need this movie. I need yes, this movie. Absolutely. I need it. <laughs> So we're going to be fan casting. So stay tuned. We'll be asking you guys who you think should play different characters. And yeah, we again have an email address. So if you want to send us any recommendations for movies to watch and review, email us at the red carpet pod at gmail.com. The read carpet yeah. pod. The read carpet. <laughs> yeah. The red the read carpet. Because <laughs> I, I told Sam about this podcast and she was like, oh, what's it called? So I went. Madison, I went on your Instagram, clicked the link to it. And I was like, the reed carpet pod. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, I think it's red. She's like, like, like the thing- color. I was like, no, like reed, but you say it red. In the past. In past yeah. tense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In past yeah. tense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. very funny. Yeah. So if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe, follow all that fun stuff. Give us a little rating and review. Um, if you didn't like it, just email us. Don't yeah. don't bring down our scores. Just email don't us. Don't worry about uh, rating. Just just but, DM me on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. DM Reese. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not specifically. Us. Yeah. He's our buffer. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh you can follow us on our personal bookstagrams i'm at fictional cast and i'm at reading rainbow you don't need to follow me it's okay i'm <laughs> <laughs> <And laughs> nothing I guess... of interest <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this episode of the red carpet until next time xoxo matt and cast and Bye. reese, <laughs> and reese. <laughs> <laughs> just this episode <laughs>